Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. Really hope we'll see you there. We are delighted to be partnered back up with online therapy app Mindler. If you're struggling with your mental health and it's impacting your daily life or you just need someone to talk to, Mindler is a brilliant app that is helping to make therapy accessible. Mindler is a digital healthcare provider that offers online therapy with psychologists via video call in their app. You can choose which psychologist that you'd like to speak to and on the website and app you can filter by the psychologist's specialties and also see their photo and bio before you book. Mindler has short waiting times and once you've booked in your first video call on the app with a psychologist, you get unlimited access to a whole library of self-help programs, which can either be carried out independently or with the help of a psychologist. These programs cover a range of diagnoses, including stress, depression, anxiety, burnout and more. You can use code DELETE22 to get 50% off your first session. Oh my God, why did I post that? Ah, I don't know what to do. Should I delete that? Yeah, you should definitely delete that. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> is everybody singing today? This is the voice mate from Georgie. Hello everyone. Today is a very, very special day because it's M's hen. It's my hen day. Well, I'm literally sitting here putting my makeup on as we're recording because... I'm running yes. around like a headless chicken. I'm being picked up at 12.30. Al's coming. It's going to be great, but I look like a sack of potatoes and I've got to put my shit together before the best <laughs> you weekend of my life. You are literally multitasking. You're going to do your makeup as we speak. Um, yeah. It's stress- stressing me out watching you, but... What, because I'm using my fingers and like rubbing it in like it's fucking Marmite? No. Just because I can't, like, I can't talk and do makeup at the same time, really. So, but anyway. Oh, you're in for a treat. Uh, Let's see how it goes. <laughs> if I finish the end looking like a child that's got into their mother's makeup. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? Um, I'm good. I'm I'm so excited. Like I feel so sorry for well, my best mate Ellie and and my 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 other best mate Sarah. The two of them have kind of like planned this whole thing, and they're nervous. I'm like, why are you nervous? You know what's oh. happening. I know. So everybody's nervous, but I'm so excited and obviously like because we same as you pushed our wedding back for a year my Hindu also got pushed back for a year so this has been you know like highly anticipated and they've yeah. kept a secret this whole time I have no idea what we're doing I know you're coming I know that 10 of well one of my friends has just tested positive for COVID oh so she can't come but the, the other nine of us are going on location unknown and I know that and that's all I know and for two years you've all kept it a secret and I'm so proud of you and I'm so excited so yeah I'm good <laughs> I'm good how are you <laughs> I keep I keep like throwing random locations at you I know and I'm like Alex if you're really the surprise I can't even be bothered like I don't even care like I, I I haven't got time for these mind games I'll just I'll go where I'm told it's 20 past nine and we're on our way very soon so we're on our way at 12 and by the time this airs we'll probably have really stinky hangovers because we're coming back on Monday which is the day the podcast airs so keep us in your thoughts today yeah yeah oh my god yeah it's gonna it's gonna be it's not gonna be good it's gonna I'm not, be slow I'm not looking isn't forward it? to that but I'm looking forward <laughs> to everything else yeah same um so shall we shall we get into it yes 
Let's go. The good, the bad, and the awkward. All right, you kick us off. We've heard enough of my voice already. Um, okay, I'll, I'll kick us off. Um, my well, my 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 good is that my little sister got engaged. My baby sister. I can't believe it. I feel so old. Um, and he did it in front of us, in front of all of us. We were home for. Easter and we we're all sitting around and I had absolutely no clue like there was a lot of clues no I'm so stupid like <laughs> it didn't occur to me until he got on one knee and everyone was like how did you not know that um and yeah it was it was really sweet he like gave her this book from Wilf who it, a little bit sad but like her old um her old dog who like who died last year and it was his anniversary so it was a little bit bittersweet but like it was turning a really horrible weekend into something really positive and he like the last page of the book it was all like the book was dedicated to her and it was written from Wilf and on the last page it said and and my other sister so she's got a twin Sophie who was reading it all out and it said like the second to last page it said um and now I just have one uh one favor to ask you dot 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 and Sophie turned the page over and it said if Michael asks you to you to marry him say yes and Ellie turned around and Michael was on one knee oh oh no why are you telling me that as I'm putting my makeup on I'm going to cry (laughs) it was so I was like screaming it was it was wonderful also quite smart from him because you can't really say no to that no 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 you can't it's come from the ghost of her darling dog like exactly. there's really there's no way out of that i have one dying wish and if you don't yeah. fulfill it then you're a monster her reaction was so sweet though because she was like she screamed yes she was like yes yes it's like oh welly so that was definitely my definitely my good oh and now your so, dad yeah. must just be like oh my god like you getting married like I on the know. back to five of you I know. He was like, I have to do another speech. Um, yeah. But my my awkward, I'll tell you my awkward quickly because it, it kind of comes off the back of that. But then he had planned his parents and his brothers to come down um, to like sp- for us all to like spend the evening together. And we were going out to this Indian restaurant. And I, I'd had a few drinks during the day. So then we all went out to this Indian restaurant. And... Th- there was like, you know, when you have like a bench at the back, one bench at the back of the table and then loads of chairs at the front. So you can't yes. like, you can't go round yeah, to join in the middle of the under bench. Under or over. You've got to go under. And I, Billy Big Bollocks, was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to be the one that goes under. Yeah, I was, you know, buoyed by a bit of alcohol. Um, and I fully, fully got stuck under the table, right? And I was like... I was having that moment when I was like, I'm actually stuck. I've got two options here. I panic and I get further stuck and I have a panic attack. Or and the fire just... brigade have to come and get me out. Literally. <laughs> you know, you like catastrophize a situation. And I was like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do here. I situation, yeah. <laughs> so I had like Michael's brother, who I just met, pulling me out one side. Yeah. My little sister pulling me out the other side and then everyone else taking photos of me. And his mum and dad were just like, wow, really? Really? Um, <laughs> At least you're not marrying that one. Everyone's looking at me <laughs> like, oh, shame, unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> poor you, poor you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so, so that was fun. What about you? My good is that I'm going on my Hendu today. We've already talked about that. 
And um, my awkward actually is just to do with you because I didn't, I haven't really had time to be awkward this week for me, which is actually saying something. But I kicked off yesterday. I was a bit sassy in the WhatsApp group, wasn't I? Because of a miscommunication. (laughs) (laughs) I misread your message, got really sassy. I was like, right. And then realised that I'd misread your message. So I just got sassy in front of everyone and you hadn't done anything wrong. And then I sat with myself, I was like, Oh, so that's my awkward. (laughs) For context, Alex Light is the busiest person in the planet and working with her is the most stressful thing in the world because you've got like a two and a half minute window, like November 19th, 2029. No, no, but it's only like, it's only like this, well, yeah, it has, it has just been very busy. But it it is my fault too, because I'm also away and I'm getting married and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, yeah, we were trying to get a date and then we'd, we'd spent like the morning trying to get a date sorted and then Al replied being like, I can only do the morning of the 13th. And I was like, well and then I realized you weren't saying you couldn't do the 13th you were saying you could just do the morning of it but I like made my little sassy comment and then had to sit in my sassy shame I was like (laughs) do you know what I like that and it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't just that but it was like yesterday just felt like everything was on top of me and you know when everyone's on top of you yeah I was sitting I was sitting around with everyone during this shoot and I actually just like burst into tears and I was like no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> that was that was gonna be my awkward but then I was like I don't want to make you feel bad but like fuck it here we are no, I was just like I can't do everything I just can't do Alex, it and then this is why like, we have to pick up the phone this is why I hate whatsapp this wouldn't have happened on the phone I hate I whatsapp like, so much and then, and then I had like another choice like life choice so I was like I either lean into this and get really hysterical you know when you like can't catch your breath and, and like everything think goes to shit or I just take a deep breath and like and everyone was like are you okay I was like um fine I just can't do everything oh no okay I feel absolutely <laughs> terrible no, no, if it no, makes that you was... feel better I was also crying on this side like I rang okay, producer okay. Daisy crying and I was like it's too much everybody's too much we ought to talk about this off air <laughs> We're like airing our dirty laundry (laughs) on the podcast. Guys, we're having a great time behind the scenes. We're sad, we're stressed. (laughs) We're thriving. (laughs) Nah, it's like, it's just, it's because I was on holiday. We've obviously both got, we never both had the time off together. So we've both got the hen off. And then it's just, just it's a lot, yeah. isn't it? But it's all right. We'll make it work. Sorry yeah, for making we'll me make cry. it work. No, no, it was, it was just, you know, and it's like everything sort of comes at once. Well, yeah, I, I felt, and even, even if I had been justified in my sassiness, it still wasn't very nice. But you know, sometimes what I normally need to do is write the message, then delete the message. I think that's quite good therapy. Like when someone sends me a shitty message yeah. on Instagram, I write that, like, and then I delete it, and I'm like, well, that's almost the same. So that's what I need to get in the practice of doing. But this is the problem with WhatsApp. It's too quick. I'm like, piao, piao, piao. It is, it is. It's t- what, WhatsApp is the cause of, of like 99% of my arguments, like with my sisters. It's because it's no, you don't put kisses in. You don't think yeah. about it. It's like you're talking, but without any of the nuance or the inflections or any of the nice stuff. So Yeah, and, it, and, inter- and intonation treat, is everything. Yeah, and I think you and I, because 
so for how we work, like with our management, Al and I, is that we have WhatsApp groups, like we have the podcast group, and then we've got our own ones with our own managers, and we've got a separate one for the pod Instagram, and I've got separate ones for the Hags Instagram, and you've got it for your swimming, um, for like London, and like, and whatever. So there's so many different WhatsApp groups. And then I think where I struggle is because I use WhatsApp for work. When my friends text me, I'm still in work mode on WhatsApp. So I'm very... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I treat them like emails now, really. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm really unprofessional, like yesterday, and I add a bit of sass and it all goes... But they are, they are like emails now. And and I was actually talking to someone the other day about this. I was saying, like, I feel like my inbox is almost stagnant because everything lives on WhatsApp now, which is good, but it's also, like, there's a few, like, it's, it's immediate. You feel like you can't get away from it. Email feels like, okay, I can come back to that later. WhatsApp feels immediate, like, I need to get back to this person, like, right now. Particularly because if you open your WhatsApp to, like, reply to your best friend and, like, someone, and then your colleague can see that you're online and you haven't replied. Yeah. It's, too, it's too much. I see yeah, what my friend Fliss has because she runs her business through WhatsApp, she's a PT. She has it so that the blue ticks don't appear anymore and you can't see when she's online. Yeah, like yeah. I need that. That is, I do think that's good, but then also you can't see then other people, you know. But that's good for everybody. We shouldn't have this access to each other. It's too much. We shouldn't, we shouldn't. But like, uh, yeah, you know, when you're like worried, like, have they read that? Have they got it? Have they got it? I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah. But then, but then like, and everyone else was saying like, that's what their jobs are like now too. It is just Mm. all so instant, like so immediate. And I think like COVID has really sped that up. Like fast track. Well, we have no work boundaries. I know you were joking about it on your Instagram last night. Um, we, we talked about it a bit, but like we have no work boundaries because everyone's like, well, why no. can't you do this? You're at home. You know, why can't you? Oh, take a minute. You're already on your phone. And people see with me like that I'm on Instagram and they think I'm doing nothing because I'll put up a story of me on the sofa and I'm like, I promise you, I'm not doing nothing. But you I feel know. like you have to prove it to people and yourself all the time. It's bullshit. I mean, it's a first world problem, but it is a problem nonetheless. It is. It is a first world problem. And and that's the thing. And you, and you do feel like, I often feel like I am, um, you know, it is a first world problem and we're so lucky in so many ways and da da da. But yeah, it is. It's just, and that's true. Like my sisters always get sassy with me because they're like, you haven't replied to me, but you've been doing stories. And I'm like, but stories is my job. And also it's I haven't job. replied to you, but I also haven't replied to about 14 other people on WhatsApp. It's not, you know, it's not like I'm seeing your message personally and just thinking, nah, I can't bother with you. You know what? Someone sent me a message the other day being like, uh, like a, a question on so on Instagram being like, how do you like cope with feeling like left out or like rejected by your friends? And I actually think that's a really good example of it because it's like, you feel so like <clears throat> because in your life you're the star you you kind of particularly on your phone like when you have to communicate with people on your phone it's still your phone in your hand and it's your world so you still feel like the center of everything and and phones really distort that because in real life yeah. i never if if i'd have known i would never have made that comment if i could have seen you were on the brink of something i never would have made a sassy comment do you know what i mean like normally you and i could talk like that and it's like man but when when someone's on the edge and it's like the straw that breaks the camel or whatever so you don't do that in real life but on the phone it just distorts everything so much so it's it so easy to end up feeling left out or whatever because someone hasn't replied but it's like just because you're the center of your world you can't expect to be the center of everyone else you've got no idea what's going on yeah 
on the side of uh, on the other side of the phone and we do have this crazy entitlement and I think maybe us more than like Gen Z because we were of that time where like it was so exciting to get one text that yeah. obviously you replied to it because it was like you've yeah. got a text but yeah. now it's like most people physically don't have the time but even if they do have the time it shouldn't have to spend their time replying to you and it's not that they don't love you it's just that they they, they should be allowed to prioritise themselves. And I feel like people are so instant and the gratification is so quick that we don't have any boundaries with ourselves and with our friends. And I think it's causing problems within friendships. People are feeling left out because, oh, she didn't reply. But it's like, she probably didn't reply, not because she doesn't like you, but because she's up to her tits and everything else. But we yeah. don't stop to talk about that. And all that happens if I'll send you a chaser being like, oh, I'll, I need you to reply. And you go, oh, sorry, 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 I'm so busy. And I'm like, oh, she's always so busy. And, and I take that like, oh, that's so bad. But then actually I'm like, but you don't, you don't think about the other person because you're only thinking about yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. It's all, it's all like, all, all context and nuance is lost, isn't it? It totally yeah. is. So you and only you see also, it from your own perspective. But it's also like, and this goes to like, like everything online, like the, the shit that people write online, like if they were in front of the people, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do it. And not just because they wouldn't they would feel too awkward about it, but they just wouldn't want to, I don't think, like a lot of the time, because they'd be like, oh, this actually, this person's actually a real person with like yeah. real, yeah, it's it's just, I, I don't know, it's, but, but also like you were saying then, like how about like in our own lives, we are the star of the show and particularly with what we do, like because we are talking about ourselves all the time, like everything is about ourselves. I don't know how to describe, but that kind of like our brand revolves around us, right? Yeah. Do you know what so I mean? We're and, and <laughs> basically, assholes. But do you find, because like I always like when I'm catching up with friends, like I bet you find this as well. Like I do not want to talk about me. I want to hear about, like, because they're always like, oh, it's exciting, like Instagram Live, tell me. And I, my, my stomach drops because I'm like, no, I want to talk about like you and like your life. And I don't want to talk you know, about I me and my the, shit. I find the other side of things, I think people think they've seen everything. Like, oh, I saw it on Instagram. So they don't ask me. They're like, oh, they don't, oh, I don't need to ask how your holiday was because I saw it on Instagram. And it's like, yeah. I showed you literally 20 seconds of one day. Please ask me. But then also at the same time, um, sometimes people are like, oh, how's the podcast? I'm like, oh, I don't know, just listen to it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah. When I finish the podcast, Alex is like, what did you talk about today? I'm like, babe, it's out on Monday. Just go and listen. I don't know. <laughs> it's out on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I get home from like a whole day of talking. I'm like, please don't make me talk anymore. And not about yeah. the stuff I've just talked about. This is why I ring you all the time. This is why I FaceTime everybody because I think it's really hard to be a good friend on WhatsApp. And yeah. I can't be the friend that I want to be because I know what I've got the capacity for. And I always say this, like some, I just sit and talk at my phone so much. Sometimes I just wanted to talk back again. Like I, I actually never feel lonelier yeah. than just typing and typing and typing. I don't want to do that. I want to like yeah. engage and I don't know. I don't know, man, but I'm sorry for making it's... you cry. That took a turn. I was just telling you that I was feeling awkward about it. Now I feel this should have been my fucking back. No, no, it was, it was, it was like I was on the literally like I was, I was fighting back tears, and it was, it, it was like a bad, you know, and 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 that it wasn't going to be my bad because I was like, oh, don't talk about being busy, and like, I don't know, I've got, I, I try not to talk about being busy and having too much on or like I'll talk about it for you she's too busy she has too much on but but my bad is that I I I 
not my bad but like I, I need to set boundaries with work do. I do because my work life my work to like normal life is, oh my god no I'm sorry no <laughs> Ow. Oh my god, this is this now. This is my awkward. I'm in a bra putting my makeup on. You're crying. I'm crying. What's happening? <laughs> I just feel oh, like my. Uh, well, here you go. We're here for a candid moment, lol. <laughs> I feel like my my work to life balance is just like so off but like the annoying thing is is that at the end of the day it's all my own decision like it's all it's ultimately it's like all my own fault for taking this on but like it's not it's a mix of like it's a mix of like because and I think people don't realize as well like with our job that like people rely on us for their business as well you know so like we feel like we have to say yes to stuff because we know that other people are getting money from it as well. So like a lot of stuff I've just said yes to because I feel bad or like because I feel like I'm letting people down if I don't say yes to it. But I'm at a point where it's like, I just like, I can't tell you the last time I had like, to be fair, when I got in last night, it was like, at like, at like 1am and like Dave was awake and we had a conversation for like half an hour and I was like, this is like the first conversation, like proper conversation we've had for so long. Cause it's just, and I, and I was thinking about it in the taxi back and I was like, my priorities are so off, you know? Cause like, and like Betty, like I haven't, I have not seen her. But I say I say all this knowing that it's no one else's fault but my own, and no, and I don't want matter. people to feel sorry for me. But it's just me. I have to redress the balance in my own okay. head. What uh, Jacqueline always says to me: you do what you do with the tools that you have. So you didn't have the right tools, but now it's just time to put those tools down and just put better tools on. There's no point beating yourself up for what's happened because you haven't done anything wrong. You're right. It is really hard when people rely on you and because we have management and whatever like it is difficult and you do yeah. feel like you have to say yes to things and you're an incredibly hard worker and it's really hard when you get into it to then start saying no to things but you can yeah. say no and we'll still love you and I want you to start saying no because I think it's good for you to have some I think COVID made it really difficult because we had nothing else to do apart from work but like you I'm just this is really like we've just turned this into like a <laughs> a recorded pep talk but um <laughs> you deserve to have fun and you don't really yeah. give yourself a break. You deserve a break. You deserve to have fun. And not just like yeah, waiting it's... for a holiday, not like burning the candle as fucking hard as you can go until you can get a break. I mean, you deserve to have a break in every day. You deserve to just say no. Just say no. Look, work is heroin. Choose life. I'm going to show you train spotting this weekend. You and McGregor really had it right. excited for the hen though, because I'm like, I'm just letting my hair down. I'm not going to do any stories or anything. I am just going to have fun good yeah uh, well, and I'm so proud are you, of you and anyway. I'm excited for you to set your boundaries um but it's good to have a good cry as well so yeah 100% <laughs> it's, it's now or later and that'll be really drunken tears so you might as well get it out now for the masses yeah. to hear <laughs> but saying no to things doesn't make you a bad person like this is one of the biggest things I learned doing life coaching and we're definitely gonna have to do an episode with Jacqueline now after this little cry I think we need to have another accidental therapy except deliberate therapy yeah. session with Jacqueline live. yeah but um, I always thought as a people pleaser that you couldn't say no, like if you said no to something, it would make you a bad person, like, or people wouldn't like you. Like, and it was my biggest fear. Like if someone said, hey, can you come over? And I'd always be like, well, y- yes, yes, I can. I'll make it work. Yeah. There is, I can physically, yes, I can do this. I can come over. And because when we phrase a question, like, can you come over? I'm like, well, yes. 
But it's like, do you want to come over? No. And it's like, that's okay. It's, it's like, that's just so true. Like that difference between like, can you do something? Cause it's like, of course we can do almost anything. Like, you know, into, into, we can make ourselves do almost anything. Yeah, but like, can do you, you have go to space? capacity? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, can Theoretically, I? Theoretically, yes, but please don't make me. But you can say no to things like, and still like, still be excited and enthused. I think like we're so scared of like upsetting people or whatever and just keeping everybody around us happy. But the greatest lesson that I've learned is you can't make other people happy. And what do they say? The only people that don't like you setting boundaries are the ones that are benefiting from you not having any. So I I thought I would lose all my friends when I set boundaries and started saying no to things. But if I'm actually a considerably better friend now, because I know when I've got capacity and it means when I show up, I'm actually there rather than showing up on my phone or showing up tired or showing up resentful that I'm there. Because again, I've, I've made, I've built this massive resentment that was completely unfair. So I think it makes you a much better friend. And anybody that's got a problem with your boundaries is the problem. Like if they don't like your boundary, then it means that they were taking advantage of you not having any. So I love that. I You're love welcome. that. You're fucking it's welcome. It's so true. That is so true. That is so Isn't true. It? Isn't I love it? that. And that's such a like really good reframe from like feeling guilty because you think you're letting people down to being like, no, it's actually people profiting off me not being able to but also, have a life. <laughs> you think you're letting somebody down, but realistically, the people that are in your life want the best for you. So I'll often like imagine that I'm really letting you down. But the other important thing to remember is no one thinks about you as much as you think about you. So when I'm like, I'm so sorry, I can't do it. I can't come to dinner. I'm the worst. You're like, okay, no biggie. It's just dinner. But in my head, yeah. I'm like, it's me, it's yeah. me, it's me. And I'm a bad person. You're like, okay, well, it's just another night. It, and we so often build up this huge thing of what they, we think they'll think, even though we never know what someone else is going to think. And then we act accordingly when actually you can't make anybody feel anything. It's their thoughts that make them feel that. And it's so true. Like if I say to you, do you want to do dinner tonight? And you say, no, I can't. I'm so sorry. Like I'm just really tired or really busy or like whatever. I just can't do it. But like, can we do? I'm like, fine, cool. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like genuinely, you know, yeah. like that's absolutely fine. And yeah, if I said to you, Al, do you want to come over for dinner tonight? I bet you any money you'll still go into a spiral being like, oh my God, I really don't want to give dinner. Yeah. I'm fucking tired, but I've got to go because I'm yeah. going to fucking hate me. Yeah. I'm going to ask you for dinner next week and I want you to say no. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say no. No, I'm tired. I don't have the capacity. And soon you're going to sound like you're from LA. I do not have the capacity for this. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Can't wait. Anyway, I feel like I've hijacked that. Um, go on, tell me your bad. Um, my bad um, is that I came home from my holiday and you yeah. know what that means? Chaos. Post. Oh. <laughs> I fucking hate the post. I'm like Vernon Dursley. No post on Sundays. That's why I fucking love a Sunday, except DPD. They deliver on Sundays. Oh, Yeah, got home. Got home, obviously. Got another Got another parking penalty. Another £65 to hand the Did you? That was when I came to pick you up. Yeah, because I got a bit lost. We're down the wrong road. And um, I had something from the electoral roll. Oh, and I had something from Santander. I'm not even with Santander. And, oh, it was horrible. I hate it. I, hate, I had something from HMRSC. I hate the fucking post when were you picking which one was, was it when you picking me up oh i don't know alex i get parking fines tickets i will definitely pay that i'm so sorry oh, what oh god what no you, no boundaries no my car my problem my driving um no no, no. i i get them 
all the time. Like I, I don't understand it, but I, I can just, I'm always, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a criminal, Alex. I'm, I'm out of control. I'm off you the rails. Are. I'm a fucking delinquent. Is there some point where it's like you've had so many parking fines, we're gonna like put points on your license, or do you just continue to pay parking fines forever? Watch this space. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're gonna I make an know. exception for you. Like yeah. normally they don't, but they're like they're gonna it's have called to. the it's called the M rule. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we didn't want to have to do this, but she drove us to it. Pardon the pun. Um, yeah, well, I've only oh. just had my car fixed. Do you remember I broke down after we left the podcast recording that say It was such... I, I actually think the ticket might have been on that day, on the day I broke down. I don't know. I so just... I hate, I hate the post. And I know what you're thinking. Drive better. <laughs> but, just, but that... Do better, That is not um... what I want to hear. <laughs> That's not the advice that I want. <laughs> I feel, I feel like, I feel like, oh my God, this could be an idea for a new app. No, not a new app. I don't know. A new something, a new business, right? Where <laughs> you pay someone a subscription, right? A monthly subscription to open and sort your post. <laughs> okay. Now, I think I would be the one and only person that would be <laughs> yeah. stupid enough to throw my money at somebody to open a fucking envelope. <laughs> Uh, yeah no. mate oh you could just ask Alex well yeah he does it but unfortunately there is a hole in my plan and that's that he does it in front of me and then shows me the bad thing which to be honest is literally <laughs> exactly the same as when I open it myself and see the bad thing okay I'm just I'm just googling to see if there's actually like a phobia of post someone has written an article about it okay Was I've got a phobia I've got a phobia of mail. Anxiety keeps me from opening letters. Hey! Oh my God. Turns out it's it's not a thing. This is to do oh. with... It's something specific to San Francisco because <laughs> um, mail gets delivered wrong and ends up going to New York. Forget it. Ignore, ignore. Oh, it's just what? you. Is oh. it just me? Right. Yes, it's just is you. Is it right? Okay, I'm sorry. I should have saved that for the end. But is it just me? fucking hate the postman let us know let us know not the post i don't hate the postman although the postman did call georgie baby the other day so we're in a bit uh, of, i know why we're, we're unsure ew i've also i need to address the fact before we go into the interview i am now sitting in my bra because i could put my silly makeupy fingers all over my white shirt so i think i have to wear something else did you i have really enjoyed no i've enjoyed watching you do your makeup it's been so therapeutic do I look stunning? And it looks really good. Really, Thanks, really, actually, really good. I'm actually all right. You know, my sister used to work at the Fenty counters in Harvey Yeah. Nichols. She taught me some shit. So she, yeah, she it looks very good. But I'm also incredibly efficient. Like, I can do this. I took a minute there because I was chatting and, and you had a, a, a tiny breakdown and I got distracted. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but normally I can do that in like five minutes. Honestly. Bish, bash, bosh. Right. Amazing. Right. right. We have an interview to introduce you to. Should we do what interview we always do? time? Shall, Shall we, we talk about the interview? Should we introduce the interview? Yeah. I was really excited about this interview because I watched this season of Love Island. Um, I really enjoyed this season of Love, Love Island, actually. It, it was 2017 and this was the winner. We interviewed the actual winner, um, Amber Davies, who was delightful and 
gave us a lot of insight into Love Island and what it's actually like to be on the show, which fasc- it just fascinates me. I think because Same. we've watched it like for so many years and I'm just like, what is it like to be on that show? We obviously see like an hour a day from, well, not even like 45 minutes from an entire day. Um, so it was, I found it so interesting to get like the, the inside scoop, the BTS. And you also saw Amber in her cabaret show. So, I mean, Alex is like a full Amber super fan at this point. It's actually kind of embarrassing. I really am. It's really embarrassing. You need to get a grip. (laughs) We can't be be doing this sort of thing, following these women around, watching everything (laughs) they do. It's creepy. Um, So, yeah, and now she does cabaret and she's a a performer. And, yeah, it was just really cool to chat to her. So now we've given you all the spoilers, told you everything to expect. (laughs) (laughs) so there really isn't much point in listening but without further ado (laughs) enjoy hello amber hello hello Hello. we've got amber davis here with us today so i'm seeing you in your everyday clothes today but last friday i saw you on stage at the proud cabaret doing your your proud cabaret night so good so good I want to do it again it's so different I think I'm so I'm so used to like being on stage in a theatre and like those theatrical audiences that this is just so different but I'm loving it are you yeah is it is it more nerve-wracking because it feels really intimate yeah I think when you're on when you're in a musical for example you're playing the character right when you're when you're doing something like a cabaret or like I have a residency at Proud I'm playing me and I have to engage with the audience as me I was terrified like I don't mind singing songs yeah but when I have to talk in the middle and, and things like that I was really scared but my confidence Confidence is getting better and all the audiences have been like fab. So your night was amazing. Yeah, uh, I was cheering What, what night did you come? What was it, a Friday or a Thursday? Friday. Oh yeah, it's always, good on a, it's always good on a, third, a Friday. It was brilliant. She went without me, I'm absolutely furious. Oh, no, it was no. a very, very I know. Time. And then when I knew you were coming on, I tried to get tickets. But good news for you, it was sold out. Um, so <laughs> I was like, you. gutted for me, delighted for you. <laughs> <laughs> but there's some amazing acts, isn't there? Oh my God, amazing. Like amazing. the hair hang, that girl that hangs from her hair. I actually couldn't look. I, I just know. couldn't look. She was literally... I don't even know how you describe That's it. That's like Matilda style. I've been pulled it? into the air just by her, her bun. Hair, and then it gives her like this mini facelift. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> it's amazing. You know, wow. she got she gave birth like a year ago. Did she? Women yeah. are insane. Aren't they? Like legit. Like I just think about women all the time. And I'm just like, worth. Like you're bleeding, That's... you're birthing, you're pulling, hanging, by, you're your hanging by your hair. Hanging by your hair. Find a man that could do all of that, I tell you. Can you tell me like about cabaret like I don't I've never been to a cabaret I don't really know like depends what cabaret you go to but it's a variation of different things so you've got your like your main opener act a lot of comedy things like that you've got like your hair hang girls and things like that burlesque fire brain it's what I find with with proud is that as soon as you walk in you've got an experience from the start to the end yeah so you have your three course meal you have then three part show and it's a load of different things and you I always just feel like each actor that comes out, you get your mind gets blown. It's just a whole different experience. It's amazing. And it's definitely like eighteen plus. Yeah. Kind of night, yeah. Is it like it's, is it sexy? It is sexy. Cool. And there's like a lot 
a lot of like nudity but like appropriate nudity right yeah and it's it's amazing to see like you sounded really pervy then huh? yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like you've got your nipple tassels and things like that which I just love do you have you I don't on? personally you don't, no yeah I've got a gorgeous leotard my opening number is like this it's glittery leotard with a tight corset like that's more like yeah style. totally love that God, I wish I had like an ounce of like sexiness or rhythm or like I just just a modicum. I would just like one time to not look ridiculous because if I got up in a corset on a stage, everyone would be like, "What's happening? Like, why is she doing this?" And it would be really sad. So I I love that for you. But what what about if you go on a night out? Are you in the on the dance floor? Oh my god, hundred percent. Like okay. I literally love dancing. I actually danced quite a lot as a kid. But as an adult, I'm just like really awkward. <laughs> like okay. I, I don't know. Like and I'm not very talented. Like I'm I'm fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Like I'm fun, but I would no one would pay to see me dance. Okay. Like that's my vibe, and I'm okay with that. Okay. Um, but it must take like huge balls, to, like not literally, to do that. Like it must be really scary. I think I've been like doing competitions since I was little, singing competitions. So I've always been used to performing in front of large audiences. Like I was in competitions since I was seven, eight years old. Yeah. So it's been a part of my life, my entire life. I obviously still get nervous every single time I step foot on stage, but I think that's good because it shows that you care. Yeah. But it is like second nature to me. Is it? Yeah, it is. But I can understand. My boyfriend says to me, I don't know how you do it. And I understand where he comes from, but I love it. I literally love it. I buzz off it. That nervous feeling. And you've performed like forever, haven't you? Forever. You, yeah. Did you do... You, you stud, did you study theatre? So I'd, I've got a three-year diploma in musical theatre. I moved to London at 16 from Wales. Did my three years graduated and I was I looked so young like I look young now and I'm 25 but yeah. when I graduated at 19 I was like a baby couldn't get into any West End musical at all and then I did a year cruise so I, I was a lead singer I did all like basically all the Caribbean in the USA wow, wow. yeah was that great <gasps> was it hell that sounds like hell it was <laughs> As a, as a crew member, it wasn't great. It doesn't sound nice. I loved the shows that I was performing. Yeah. I loved my cast. But I, it wasn't for me. I felt trapped. I was going to say, you're just, you're stuck. Oh, yeah. In the middle of the ocean, stuck. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, the benefits was I got to see, like, incredible places. Yeah, that's right. Nice. Yeah. I did, like, all Caribbean. I was... Uh, for Christmas Day by myself in Antigua just on a beach and I was like FaceTiming all my family. Age 19? Yeah. Wow. I know. That's really cool. And that's when I decided absolutely not this life is not for me. Love Island. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah I, I flew back from the Caribbean so we docked in the Caribbean we flew back and I had my Love Island audition the next day. Oh, look, I didn't know they did auditions. I didn't know they auditioned. Two auditions. I had a message on Instagram asking if I'd, I, if I'd go in for a show, have a meeting for a show. I knew straight away it was Love Island, like it had to be. And then the next day, I was in my first audition, and I had to have a second audition as well. Wow. What do they? What do you do in the audition? Nipple tassels, singing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gave them a full performance. Yeah. <laughs> 
they just asked me questions about my life and like who I'd previously dated if they would have known anybody and okay yeah I was like, 19 and I'd just come off Caribbean cruise I can't believe you were 19 when you, you went 19. in when I went no. in for my first audition yeah. wow I so see you were 20 when you did Love 20 when I won it yeah it's very young actually isn't it I'm still the youngest winner Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. that. I, I hold that. I hold that crap. I'm to be honest, any younger and it's just like, it's, all, it's too young. Well, it's like, like, it's like yeah. how do they process it, like logically? Yeah. yeah. Like 20 is really young. Really young. But it was that a huge thing you did. Sometimes I think, did I actually do that? Yeah. And the world's changed a lot since then as well, which I guess must feel oh. quite like, you kind of, I don't know, you're like touring the world on a boat, then you come back, you go on the biggest reality show, you win it. We all get locked in our houses for a couple of years, <laughs> and now you're doing cabaret. It must just be like a roller coaster. Yeah, I think I I've, I've tried to just take every experience as it comes. After Love Island, I was I didn't know what I wanted to do because I knew I wasn't a reality star because I didn't have the the confidence like your big personality people. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I wasn't like crazy crazy confident and I really missed the theatre like aspect of of my life yeah so I was like I need to get back into it I need to get back into it and that's when Dolly Parton hired me was your decision to go on Love Island like a kind of like oh I don't really know what to do so I might as well or was it like this will help my theatre no I, I got offered so I came back I from the cruise I had an audition for Love Island I had audition for Hairspray the UK tour and I got offered both of them so bearing in mind I had got offered a job that I'd trained my entire life for and then Love Island I was already a huge fan of Love Island I'd watched it like religiously the right. seasons before and originally I said no to Love Island and I said yes to Hairspray. And the producers called my mum and said she really needs to think about what she's doing here. And my gut instinct was telling me to take a risk. I've always been a risk taker. Mm. And then my mum called me and she was like, maybe, you know, maybe we should think about this. And I was like, yes, I want to do it. Like, I really want to do it. And it was the best thing I ever did, but it wasn't a tactic. Yeah. I wanted it for the life experience and for taking right. the risk. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, this was in 2017, wasn't it? Yeah. So when was the reboot of Love Island? Like, when did it come back? Well, well, people say that it took off in season three, the season I was on. I don't know whether it was the change of villa, because we were in a new villa. But you, you always need a couple of seasons of any show to, to grow in yeah. popularity. Yeah. So season three, season four, I think are always like your peak season. Because that's the thing, I feel like it came into, like it really hit the mainstream in season three, which is when you were on. And I think that's the first season I watched of it as well. Yeah. So I guess you didn't really, you weren't prepared for what was going to be waiting on the other side for you because it hadn't really happened in the previous two seasons. Exactly. What we'd witnessed was like nothing to what, to what happened. Yeah. And I definitely never thought I'd win it. I really didn't think I was going to win it. Well, they flew me out to Mallorca and I was originally meant to be a bombshell on the third night. Me and Chris Hughes were meant to be a bombshell and walking together into the villa on the third night. And then, two days before they were putting people into the villa, they, the producer, came to where I was, um, I was going to say isolating, but it's not, I was being like chaperoned said we need a brunette girl in oh the God. original lineup. <gasps> so you're going in original. 
as an original cast. And I was like, yes! I loved it. No That's way. actually so they like swapped nuts. me and Gabby Allen out. Gabby wow. was meant to be original lineup, and they swapped us two out, and Gabby came in third day. That's actually, I never, no way. Like, you know, you know that it's produced and everything, yeah. but you don't realise like quite how much it's produced when it's just like, oh, flop. And that oh. dictates really probably your, uh, not to say your success or whatever, but you know, your success within the show, I suppose, like it is. For sure. I think as a viewer, you are loyal to the original cast because you've yeah. known them for longer. Yeah, you personally. know their stories, you know their personality. So... I was willing to go for it, although I wasn't actually meant to be original cast, but I'm so glad I was. Because yeah. those first people in that season were brilliant. Like, I made friends for life. But Did it, you? Oh, yeah. I bet. I mean, like, you're that's in this an experience space. not many people are going to experience. I always think it's like a like human social experiment. Yeah, totally. 100%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah totally. Like, it's, it's a bit Black Mirror-y. Yeah. Even as a concept, because it does feel... I actually remember writing about this um, when Love Island was really new. I think it must have been just before your season because I'd watched uh, the year before and not a lot of people had. And I was really excited for your season to come back like as a viewer. And it has been harder for me to um, like keep up the love in recent years because obviously it's had like... You know, there's, there's been a lot of like conversation around the show and stuff. But back then I remember I was like, oh my God... It's so great, and I think the thing that that you love about it before you consider any like any elements of it that perhaps aren't perfect, it's like you're all so beautiful, you're all young, you're all fun, like you're all. It's like everybody goes in there on like a kind of level playing field to an extent. So you, it can feel to the viewer like you're kind of. It's really bad to say, but it feels like you're just like you're playing The Sims, and it's so you've yeah. got these beautiful people just like mm-hmm. kind of crack and not hurting anyone apart from each other. But then even then, it's <laughs> emotionally, like, yeah, yeah, like traumatizing each other. But you know, like <laughs> it's it fit it, particularly for your season. I think like it felt you you feel very invested, but it doesn't feel necessarily real. And I think that's what's been kind of like harder maybe in recent years is as it comes back into real life, you do see that you guys are real people. And the experience is real. I can absolutely yeah, yeah. 100% confirm that. But my favourite elements from the experience was no concept of time. That was bizarre. Wow. Do you you're mean, not allowed to know what time it is. You're never allowed to know Why? in the whole eight weeks what time it is. I don't that actually know. would do my head in. I, feel I like love knowing a, the time. That's a tactic to kind of disorientate you and like wake us up early and get us going to bed mega late but we don't actually know like how many hours sleep we're having you don't know how many hours sleep you have oh that would do me I love knowing how much sleep I've had I just I'm obsessed with it I just I like waking up in the morning and being like oh that was good a good seven hours yeah me too yeah like so so and they could just they can just turn the lights on at any time they want any time they want but we used to by like week seven we used to be in this looking at the sky looking at the sun like it's one o'clock. Like that's crazy. That's I wonder like, if they still do that because it doesn't yeah, definitely. seem like hundred percent. That doesn't seem like it, you're right. It does seem a bit like yeah. I don't know, a bit black mirrory, isn't it? I loved it. I like loved it. it to make you go mad. Because when am I ever in my life not going to know time for eight no. weeks? And I guess you didn't need money for that time. Didn't need money. No Your phone. Didn't Your need phone. phone. Anything. We didn't listen to music. The entire time. My, when my mum and dad came into the villa, he said the one thing I took from it was how silent 
the villa was. Really? So imagine for eight weeks it was just so peaceful. You're, you're actually kind of selling it to me. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to give this engagement good. ring back and if you need me in June, I'll be in Mallorca. <laughs> Was it boring though? Did you? It, I mean, because we only see the highlights on TV, right? You get like a whole day packaged into like a forty-five minutes or whatever, so it looks action-packed. But I imagine being there all day with not much to. Well, I mean, you've got a pool. <laughs> yeah, nice we've got a pool. Can, we could sunbathe. But quite intense. There was plenty of times where we were kind of just waiting around, but there were so many big characters in our year. They we'd entertain ourselves. We created games that we'd all used to play. We did use the time wisely. There was yeah. never a dull moment. But if you are asleep, like on the sofa, and you're not giving the producers anything, then you'd hear the voice of God like, okay, time to wake up now, guys. Like, really? no, come on. Oh <laughs> That's creative entertainment. Do you think maybe because you're like a performer and you kind of grew up in like theatre and singing and doing it, like maybe you were kind of like, you've got the predisposition for this. Like you're good at like putting on a, you know, doing what you've got to do, like smiling through it and like... I think the first, the first few days I was aware of the cameras and then I always thought I would always be aware. Yeah. Very quickly, it became like a home. Really? And I, I sometimes, like, I've seen clips and I'm wearing a little thong, <laughs> coming out of bed and going to brush my teeth with my hair and, like, a jumper on. You do forget. You, and yeah. it does become a home. And and you don't have any idea what is going out on the outside world. Then, is it, does it come as a massive shock, then, when you find out there's been, like, a vote, a public vote going on and, like, to decide, like, which couple they prefer or which couple is, like, the least compatible or whatever? Does that come as a massive shock when you're like, oh, my God, people are watching this, like, a lot of people are watching yeah. this? Yeah, I remember there was a public vote and there was me, Olivia Atwood and Tyler. We were the bottom three. And my brain was frazzled. But then I thought, I'm not changing the way I am. I've been true to myself. It's clearly how they're editing it. Yeah. And, you know, I had a boyfriend in there, Kem, and he was with me the entire time. He couldn't even comprehend why I was in the bottom. Maybe because me and Liv were just nutters together. But I, I, from, when, I, when that happened, I like had a bit of a moment to myself and I thought, don't change anything. Stick to what you're doing. You're being yourself, true self. And if people don't like it, they don't like it. Yeah. I have. I, I always remember thinking, God, I haven't done anything to... It's cruel, isn't it? It is actually cruel. Like, if you think about it, they stick you, stick you in this... This is not like a huge like downer on Love Island, sorry. <laughs> um, but like, stick you in this place. You've got, like, you don't know what time it is. You've got no phones, like, no music. Da-da. You haven't And slept. then like, there's tons of, there's thousands of people watching you. They're going to decide who they like the least. Yeah. <laughs> and they like you... One of the least. But we will give you a handful of boys to choose from. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that'll make it all better. It's just crazy. Do you think it was because... Because you were in a relationship with Kem from the very beginning, right? No. Oh, okay. It was like a week and a half in, so it was close okay. to the beginning, but we okay. weren't the ones that... We didn't couple up straight away, mm-hmm. but we were, like, quite solid from the beginning, yeah. But we were like that. We were up and down like yo-yo, and I think the public were with us 100%. They were going through the ups and the downs. Right, right. And it, it was like a real relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Do you Can you watch it back? I haven't watched it back for years. When I first came out, I would go searching for clips here and there. But then I didn't want to watch it back fully because I remember it in my head, how it was. Yeah. And I, did, I didn't want 
it's been manipulated and oh actually it went this way because I've watched an hour it was an amazing experience and I'm so glad I did it and it's it's like in my head I don't need to watch it so you win yeah what was it like to then leave the villa go back home to the UK and and I mean were you even aware of like that your Instagram was suddenly on fire, like there were like millions of people now want, you know, were you even aware of, of, of No, that? nothing. I remember we, they put us in a hotel for a week as soon as we got back to London and I, I was really good friends with one of the producers, I still am, he's amazing, Mike Spencer. And I said, I really need to go and get some stuff from Boots, I need some face wipes, all that. And he said, right, I'll take you. So he took me in a black cab, bearing in mind we landed that day. And we were in Boots in Waterloo. And I'll never forget, girls were screaming, oh, my God. And I was like, what is going on? I just knew from that moment that my life had completely changed. But I just went with the flow. I was 20. I was lapping it up. Yeah. I didn't overthink it. I didn't, I wasn't worried, I just went with the flow, my, I had my family support, I had my friends support, and yeah, I just took every day as it came. Was everything in place in terms of like management, was someone like, right, I'm going to manage you now and we're going to yeah. talk about all these deals that you're getting and yeah. I remember signing a Motel Rocks deal the same day that I came out and I'd, I'd seen figures on the paper that I'd never seen in my life before. I, I was speechless, like I felt sick. And I just remember saying to my mum, what is, like, what's going on? What, what am I going to do? <laughs> but, yeah, it was life-changing. It and, like, crazy. Yeah, 20 years old and having, like, access to things like this and experiencing even events and sharing a room with people that I'd... It was, like, my role model. You know, I remember going to Pride of Britain in the October... And walking the red carpet with like a couple of the girls from Little Mix and One Direction. I remember just looking around me and thinking, what is my life? It's mad, isn't it? It is mad. Like the power of the show, like yeah. particularly yeah. then, like I don't know what's, what, what it is now and like what it'll be this summer, I guess, like time will tell. But like it, it does, it, it is like a, a wild um, thing, but also to speak to you now with like hindsight on it, because it's been like five years yeah. and like I, I wonder. How does it feel when you kind of, because I guess you have like a year of like, or like a few months of like crazy intensity when, yeah. you, when you come out. Does it feel like, how do you feel when you go into the next year when you know that the new, new kids are coming? The first couple of years, my anxiety was through the roof because I felt like, was I a ticking time bomb? Was I, was I just going to become a no one? But then... As soon as I got back into musical theatre, I found my path. Yeah. And I loved it. And I didn't have to think about going on this TV show, doing that. I didn't necessarily want to do reality TV again. So I was going to become irrelevant from my own choices. But it's all worked out for me, really. I went straight back into, well, not straight back. A year and a half it took for me to get into a musical theatre role. And, and, that, and it's working for me. I'm trying to marry... Um, a social platform and the and the musical theatre industry and it, and it's working. Um, if I didn't have that, I don't know where I, what I'd be doing. Because the show the show has come under fire, hasn't it? For for this very reason, the fact that when the contestants leave, they're 
hot property. They're signing deals. They're wanted here, there and everywhere, all on TV shows. But then once the next round of contestants comes a year later, you know, there's a there's a, a shelf life, I guess, to that level of, of fame and level of interest. And that must feel... It's pressure. Yeah. It must feel pressure. It's a, it's a rat race, right? You're like, now I need to keep up and somehow I need to keep making myself relevant and continue to stay relevant and do this this TV show, that show, be in this magazine or do these like amazing Instagram posts or whatever. It, it must be really hard. And also you've had that taste of... You've had the taste. You've had the taste, which is harder than never having it at all. I think it, it, it is a whole different world and it's been difficult. And I have had really bad moments, even comparing you know why is that person got that many followers and why is that person doing that show but I just think you need to have a plan and you need to know what you want to do where you want to go like I said I'm so fortunate that I have a passion Mm. and and the musical theatre industry welcomed me with open arms and you are fortunate that you it did have something that you could kind of go back to. Because because I suppose, sorry, but mm. I'm just thinking about it, like if you worked in, I don't know, a shop and then you you did Love Island and then you came back, I imagine because of the fame, it would be really hard to like go back to work in the shop. At least for you, it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm still going to work within this, this space that I've always worked. You can go back in quotations to work like you always had. Yeah. But I suppose if you didn't have acting or and performing it's it might I can't I, I, I can't imagine you know even more you know you're five years out but even 10 years or whatever like I, I guess it's just you said mentioned before about it being a social experiment and it's like this is almost the most interesting bit yeah. not for yeah. you but just looking at the because because like you say like and it that's that's what's so exciting and lovely to see it's like you you used the show to your advantage in that, you know, you've got your platform and you're trying to marry the social media and, and the performing. And, it, like, it really looks like it's working and you seem really yeah, happy and yeah. it's so great. I think if you have a good support system, you have a good management team, there's enough success in the world for everyone, but you just have to find what you're good at and yeah. what you love to do, whether that's open your own business Or go back to work and get a degree, like uh, Dr. Alex George, he's going back to get a degree. He's marrying his industry with his platform. There are ways that you can do it. But my biggest advice would be don't panic. Like, there is a way. There Mm. is When there's a will, there's a way. You just need to find your niche. You and Kem won the show. You came out and you split up fairly soon afterwards. I imagine for a lot of the other couples, they would... I mean, I, I imagine that you were under pressure to stay together, um, or you, or at least you, you would have felt pressure to stay together. You know, you've just won the show as a couple. That must have been quite difficult. And then there's this like all this scrutiny around your breakup. Now, was that was that horrible? And did you feel pressure to stay together? No, that's why we broke up. We were true to ourselves. We we wasn't working. We we were so busy. He was on one side of the country and I was on the other that we couldn't even work on our relationship like it wasn't just wasn't manageable we were so young as well even being in a relationship at that age is difficult enough yeah but throw the media into it it was just can we ask about the media I think the way that people and I don't I I honestly don't know how people spoke about it then but I'm I know 
that there were so many millions of people watching the show and everybody having an opinion and stuff and and was trolling a part of it of that experience for you or the headlines or was there any part of it that was just fucking horrible i had to get used to the headlines yeah so sometimes i'd be so fed up because i'd think oh there's another one out now there's a and then there's one out tomorrow and i, I always felt like my image was being tarnished and I, it wasn't representing who who I truly was mm. that soon goes when you realize no one actually cares yeah. no yeah. one reads it really and people I always say there's no smoke without fire but it, it comes and goes really quickly my nana always said it's chip paper tomorrow don't worry about it yeah. I spent so many months and years crying over what I thought other people would think of me but as you, as I've got older, I really don't care. I really don't care. And as long as you have a good relationship with the papers and you're good to them, they're good to you. It's 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 kind of as as black and white as that. And what about like the side on Instagram and and co- comments and that sort of thing, or like the the rather than the the headlines, more the comments. Comments. I have been very fortunate. That's good. I think when I won it and came out, social media wasn't as big as it is now, although I still have an amazing platform. Like, for example, if you look at Molly May, mm. she's got six point something million. So I don't, I'm, I feel like, although I'm only 25, I have the old school social media version. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. so many, not, well, I very rarely get trolled. That's lovely. Yeah, I know. That's why I always feel so grateful. Yeah. I always feel really grateful. I have a gorgeous following. Obviously, I get messages here and there, which I just go straight over my shoulders. But all in all, I have a really lovely community on social media. That's so nice. That's really good, yeah. Then I've, only, I've, I've got a lot less followers than a lot of other people, but I'm, like, happy with that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can deal with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah terrifying. Because yeah. you do think that, like, when 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 you see particularly, like, I don't know, I just feel like I just sound really like old and weird. But like, when you know, to be twenty and coming out and to be put under that much scrutiny, it's a lot. Like, it's more than you can imagine. I don't know. It's more, it's more than any human being. Even you know, human beings should only meet no thirty people in their lives, right? That's what they say. Like you know, in the olden days, like if you the olden, olden, olden days, like and you know, you'd only know the people in your tribe, and like most of them you'd be related to, and that would be it. And like now, it's like we've you know, like I, you see thirty people an hour at least just walking past the window. You know, like we see so many people, and that's before you even you know log into your DMs or whatever. And I don't, I, I do think the idea of of Love Island is scary and maybe you're maybe you're right in that it was like you know the old school and I do know what you mean because it has felt like there's been a shift yeah yeah. and and the shift the the shift for me was a shift that like as a viewer I was like that's too far like I think you're maybe the year after yours was probably the last year I was able to watch it um and then like, we, because Alec, we did an interview last year, Al and I, and we sort of talked about it. And we both were like, yeah, yeah, we're going to watch it this year and we're going to love it. And then I watched two episodes and I was like, I actually, I can't just because it, it does feel more like we're playing with people. And I feel like that with social media sometimes. And, it, and I suppose it didn't feel like that with you guys so much, maybe because it was still so new and you were, 
there wasn't really a game to play because you were just like existing in the show. Yeah. Whereas now maybe it does feel like, you know, you can, if you're going in, you can look at how it's gone in previous years yeah. and you can. That's really interesting to hear as a viewer where when I watch it, because I've been in the situation, I see it through oh, completely different eyes. Yeah. So I can't even really watch it as like a normal viewer anymore. Yeah. Like I'm I surprised. Bet. I'd I be bet. like. Yeah, I'd, I'd be, it'd be like watching someone else in your house. And yeah, you're like, what are you doing? Get, get out of my bed. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's so weird. What are you doing? The impression that I get is that in the beginning, like in the beginning few years, because there wasn't as much hype around it, the contestants were kind of less self-aware and like less aware of the cameras and they were kind of just like, ah, fuck it. Like they were quite free and like just having a laugh and now it kind of feels a little bit more controlled, which is totally understandable. I think with any reality show, the more seasons that happens, the more control they get, yeah. like the more control producers get. Um, but there's real high expectations. As If I was a contestant going in now, I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to come out and have this deal and have that deal. And sometimes you're out in week two. And you don't get any of those deals. Yeah. So I do think sometimes maybe people are going in for the complete wrong reasons and then their expectations aren't being met. Yeah. Yeah, because you do think you're, you know, you think they're going to have what you had and win. Yeah. Cause that's... You're going to get the pretty little thing deal. Yeah. Yeah. And you're out in week two. That must be gutted. That's, yeah, that, that must would, be crushing. That really yeah. would have hurt me, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, completely, I, I understand that. Imagine, like, packing a case. It's like this big reveal. Like, yeah. she's been away because she's going to yeah. Love Island, and then, like, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back to days like... a quick question about the case thing. I just assume that you get given loads of clothes. No, yeah. you take what, your own clothes. You only take your own clothes. Well, we'd be fucked, Alex. Why? Because I'm like, there's a different outfit every single night. I don't understand how it's possible. Well, you, as the, you, all the girls share each other's clothes. Oh, nice. Okay. But, oh. like, a week before the final, we were all allowed... An ASOS order yeah, each. Yeah, of course. Yes, That's really cool. You had to pack your own shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, my dad lent me £500. Oh. And I did loads of shopping. And, and I got to pay him back when I came out. Oh, mate. That's really Isn't that cute. the cutest thing ever? Well, your parents really supportive, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Really supportive. They lost loads of weight. My nana had lost loads of weight because if when I was crying on television, oh. they were like, we don't know if she's okay. My mum kept calling my chaperone saying, is she okay? And... Obviously, because she was like 48 hours behind yeah. watching it. And they were like, yeah, 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 she's fine. She's over it, she's out the sun. Yeah, <laughs> and then it was my mum's 50th birthday when I was in there. So I went upstairs. You know where you sit in the beach hut? Yeah. And you get an interview. And I said, he was a guy called Lee. He was amazing. I was like, Lee, would you be able to get the producers to call my mum and wish her a happy 50th birthday? And she was like crying her eyes out because oh, I'd got this message sent her. <laughs> That's so sweet. It's actually nuts like, that you can't communicate I know. with anyone. No, and like a couple of people had video calls with their family and I never got that. I had That's to wait really until bad. they came in. If you had gone to the producers and said, I need to talk to my mum right now. They wouldn't have let me. Are you serious? No. Do you ever feel any like, I mean, you strike me as like the nicest person I've ever met, so you're probably going to say no. <laughs> but like, do you ever have any like ill will towards the show or, or watching it or the way it goes now? Or No, but I was really looked after, I have to admit. I had a really amazing relationship with the producers and they were so supportive of me with everything that I'd 
that I wanted to do. Even when I did bring it on recently, they came to watch my show. So I can't... And it changed my life for the better. So feeling that way that you were looked after, like, what do you make of the criticism? Like, the, the show has been heavily criticised for a supposed lack of uh, care for the contestants and, like, after aftercare, I guess. What do you what do you make of that, given that your experience is different? I think just from hearing stories from recent contestants that have gone in, the process, audition process now, is a lot more intense for them, which I think is really good mm. because they need to be prepared for when they come out. But every time you open social media, someone's complaining about something and... I tend to just, selfishly, I have experienced it in a certain way and I'm grateful for that. Um, And no one can really, like the public can't really put their 20 pence worth in until you are a contestant. I remember when Mike Fowler passed away, we all got calls asking, did we need therapy? Really? Everything like that, yeah. Were we struggling? They do... All I've ever experienced is real, you know, an extra care. I think it's more than just the show, you know. It's just, it's yeah. like, it's like what it represents just in terms of the culture that we live in, not just yeah. on social media, but with reality TV in general. And it's just what we're saying before about like, it's just so many people to be exposed to. And like you, you were, I suppose, just really lucky that your family was so supportive and amazing. I do and think I was smart. I do honestly think I count my blessings. I really do. It could have gone completely yeah. different. I could not be in this situation right now, but I, I just did it the way that I thought was going to be the right way for me. And I do see, God, like, look at Twitter, the cancel culture and things like that. It's it's terrifying. Yeah. But that's why with social media, I... Some days I post a lot, some weeks I won't post anything. It depends how I feel. But I do kind of watch everything... That I do. It's so true. It's not just about the show. It's it's reality TV as a concept, isn't it? Because essentially, the premise is it's built on fucking with people yeah. <laughs> and making them unhappy. Because load of happy people together doesn't actually doesn't make for good TV. Yeah. People want the drama, the fights, the fallouts, the cheating. The so I guess actually it's you know everyone's Love Island, you know, but it is actually the concept of reality TV, and I think probably. A good question is why we enjoy it. Because it's, it really pe- like it's real people. Philosophical, yeah. but That's yeah. what it is. It's real people, real emotions, real stories. People can relate to you. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just a shame for the viewer when the wheels come off. Because I think that's what made it yeah. so enjoyable when it was you guys, is it did feel harmless. It felt fun. It, you're just young and you're playing games and whatever. Whereas now, it's like... It's, it, it isn't harmless. It isn't. Fame at that level isn't harmless. The show isn't harmless. Nothing, you know, so it, it doesn't mean that you, that you guys are wrong for doing it. It doesn't mean that contestants shouldn't. It doesn't mean that people shouldn't want to be famous or shouldn't want to be social media stars or shouldn't want to do Love Island. It literally just means that that we need to look at the way that we consume people. Because yeah. we do, like, eat people up and just spit them back They're, out yeah. again. Yeah, put them on pedestals. Yeah. And, and literally rocket them to dizzying heights. Yeah. And the only way 
down from there is down. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And the perception that we have of reality uh, TV stars is quite weird as well. Like, you know, it's so like dismissive or like whatever, which is, again, like it's so cool that you, you know, you've it's been like part of your career and yeah. it, it sort of made sense it's like my of, lucky break yeah yeah yeah, yeah lucky yeah. break that it was a risk yeah it was a risk yeah but that's what I, that's what i say it was just luck it was pure luck but i have worked really hard yeah and i remember when i was turning things down and like deals down and things like that because i wanted to focus and I, I was like letting all this money go but in the long run, it's really worked out. But yeah. I had a really good team around me. Yeah. They were yeah. they were like, you need to do it this way. You need to make sure. And I was 21 and I was like, I don't want to let that go. I want to do this. I want to do that. And he was like, but what is your end goal? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I remember one of the, I think his name was Adam. Yeah, maybe. Um, He came out and did like, I think he said he did something like 60 PAs. Does that sound for personal appearances? Yeah. Yeah. He did like, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly like, did I just say that right? Um, he he said 60 personal assistants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did 60 personal assistants in 60 nights. <laughs> no, he did 60 PAs in 60 nights, like all around the country. Because he was, you know, but I can see the appeal of that. You're like, A all this money. Cash. Yeah, yeah, it's quick cash. I don't know how long it's going to last. Just with a it, huge tax bill. Jesus, yeah. what a life. Did just someone help you with the tax bill? Like, did you, I mean, not help you pay it, but I mean, help you know that it was coming? Because that must, like, you hear from so many people who yeah. are, like, shot into, like, astronomical fame at a really I'm still young not age. over it. Really? Yeah, I'm still not over it. Terrifying. It is terrifying. Did you notice, you know, someone told you, like... Well, why do we not get taught this in school, by the way? I know, I know. Me and Alex talk about taxes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's the most, only because I don't understand them. Still don't understand them. And I just get really annoyed that I don't understand them. I don't, but it was, it's nuts. It still is nuts, but I I just go with the flow. I just try and make as much money as I can. Yeah. But there is an element of that within this industry. You're like, you don't know when Instagram's going to go. You don't know when reality TV is going to go. You don't know when, particularly when you, I don't know, you have a career where young women, you know, we do unfortunately in this society have an expiry date. And and so it's like, I know, so depressing. It's true. Just go hard and fast until it's not there anymore. My mum always says, make hay while the sun shines because, you know, people are like, oh, you're doing well. And I'm like, no, it could be cancelled tomorrow. Like I could be gone tomorrow you know who says this is so insane and it's true like just make hay while the sun shines and be um, present just be present enjoy it oh my god yeah. yes enjoy it we don't know yeah. what to come in yeah it's such a risk i think it's actually really brave like you know you can say what you want about like any reality tv star but i always think like well people do say what they want about it but i think it takes such bravery because like you say if you'd have gone in the second week you'd have had to have come back home and been like hello <laughs> I'm I, don't back. Know, I would have done but that yeah. obviously would have been my path. And it would be yeah. fine. It would work. Yeah, you would have made it work. I would have made it work. Yeah. It's just, it is brave, though. It's, you know, like, hello. Yeah, I would never do it now. Would you not? Oh, my God, no. Oh, why? Okay, so I, I was, was just say. young. Question. I was young and stupid. Oh, my God. Why would you not do it now? Question. Okay. I'd love to say that as if it's groundbreaking. Like, yeah. we're interviewing you. Question. <laughs> yeah, <I'm scared>. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. um, so, if the producers tomorrow rang you up, Amber, we want you in this year's Love Island. We're going to pay you a great amount, a huge amount. Would you do it? No. Definitely not. Because I was 
I was a free young spirit when I did it. I was perfect at the time. I didn't have much life experience. I had been unlucky in love and I love love. I live for love. That's, I love it. I was a little bit heartbroken. It was just perfect. Now my brain is fully um, grown and I can think logically. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it the way that I would have done it because I would be thinking everything through and be a lot more strategic. Do you think that's to do with you growing up or the show growing up or both? Me growing up. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. See, unfortunately, yeah, I think that would be. I'd be too. Like, I'd spend the whole time like. <laughs> doing yeah. that I way. would be far too aware. Because yeah. that's yeah. crazy. Because like twenty-five, like a lot of the contestants are still like now around that age, aren't they? Like 25. Yeah, I think it's getting a bit older and older now. Yeah. Oh, 20 years like year, I'll be on. Yeah. <laughs> but they've got a new villa this year, so I think oh, maybe... It's got a stair lift, Al. It might be good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is to get me back, isn't it? For saying you had in no the last episode, Al said I didn't have any identity and it's put oh, me in no. a real spin. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they'll do an All Stars Love yeah, Island. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if you do, do that. that. I'm very much in love. I would. Oh, you're yeah, of course. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm If you off. didn't exist, no. Oh. No? no. The only reality show I'd do from this point on in my career would be something that involves entertainment. So Strictly, Masked Singer, something that I could show Ooh, my show. Did you do Dancing oh, on Ice? Yes. I don't think I'd do Dancing on Ice. It's too dangerous. Too scary. You do look like yeah. someone that could dance on ice, though. Well, yeah. everybody in my year at school went skiing, and my mum wouldn't let me. I was the only one because she said anything like that is too dangerous. So I've got that drilled in my head now. Well, I'm saying I wouldn't. I don't. You should do Strictly. I can see you on Strictly. I can That'd see be on Strictly. Great. I'd love to That'd do Strictly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so if you were able to talk to contestants who were going into Love Island this year. What would you say to them? What would be your like overriding piece of advice for them? I would say make sure you have a real good support system, number one. So real good friends, real good family. Be prepared that your life will change. But it is like coming to terms with it that before you go in. It isn't, it's not like what you think it is. You're going to have a lot of fun, but you do need to be thick-skinned. Other than that, just strap in and good luck. Yeah, good luck. Really good luck. I would be crap. Best be experience crap. of my life. Really? Yeah. God, that's amazing. It's really nice to hear people be nice about it because it does. Yeah, it's like, nice. Best yeah. experience of my life. Best summer of my life. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Yeah, because when you do boil it down and you take away everybody's horrible Twitter accounts and the Daily Mail and like all that shit and you just come to it, it's like you have a free holiday with like no responsibilities you've like hardly to cook like you just you're just chilling dates with yeah. different guys every other day how many of you weren't allowed a book no book or a boggle or you know anything nothing not even a ball <laughs> not even a ball um so you've got proud now proud now proud the now. next well i was only going to be doing it for a month and then they wanted to extend me until may and I was like, okay, sounds great. And then my manager had a call the other day asking if I'd do it until June. So there might be more dates added, but I love it. I really, really love it. It's so different. And although it's not what I'm used to, like your eight shows a week, I'm still getting the buzz yeah, and yeah. releasing that energy. Amazing. Do you? It, does it feel like being famous in the same way, or is it a very? Does it? Is it like a different kind of fame now? Like. 
I did that's a really probably hard question. But. I feel like I am creating a reputation for myself to be a hard worker. And I'm not saying, you know, people aren't don't work hard, but what I'm saying is when I first got cast in a West End show, I'm guessing people thought stunt casting, so only because of who she is. That was back in 2018. I then did a year and a half contract at Savoy Theatre and showed people I, I am capable, I can do eight shows a week, you know, I am professionally trained. It was kind of like gaining people's respect, yeah, yeah. Um, which I always knew I was going to have to do, but yeah. I always said, come and see me first, and then whatever opinion you want, it's your opinion. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's just based on something then. Yeah, it's based on something then. Don't, don't give me all this, you know, over socials until you come and see it. Because we are so derogatory about reality. And I'd say a lot of that comes with, like, particularly for women, I think, like, you're supposed to want to be, like, demure and, like, respected and, like, quite, like... You you shouldn't want to, like, put yourself out there. Like, again, like, probably, I don't know. There's just so much, like, like random societal stuff in it. And I think women who choose to do reality tv are given a really hard rep and it's like it's it's like the the assumption or the um like trope is that it's like mindless or talentless or whatever yeah there's it's a huge there's a huge stigma yeah and i i I was really really sucked into that yeah i remember looking at daily mail comments when i first came out the villa it was a lot of talentless talentless and i i it did used to get to me because i used to think I really wish you knew how hard I'd worked, yeah. what, I'd, what my family have done for me to move me down to London at sixteen. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It is a shame though that you that you do have to prove it. It is this assumption that we have about reality TV when actually for a lot of women, and I'm not saying this for you, but for a lot of people, it's a very tactical decision. If you want to do it, if you want to have a career in the influencing space, which is a legitimate career now, (laughs) says me nervously. Um, (laughs) But if you want to, you know, like have this career, like it it, it does make sense because you are going to get a bit. And if you know and you've got a calculated and, and well thought out plan, that in and of itself is a talent yeah. to get on the show, to yeah. to be liked on the show, if whether or not because you're a nice person or because you're playing it and being a nice person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so weird, like this, like ridiculously like archaic view that British people or this Western society have of like what it means to have a good hard day's work. Yeah, and like if you haven't been down the factory, then you really aren't working <laughs> yeah. hard enough, dearie. Yeah. Like let me tell you, there's I, enough, I always say this all the time. There's enough success in the world for everyone. Doesn't matter what you do. That's I always feel like it's always one this person or that person, or they're better than that person. Or normally she's better than her. Or she yeah, isn't. I hate that. I hate that. That's my worst, the worst feeling ever. But you also don't have to prove it to anybody. You know, no, you say you you've earned everybody's anyone. respect and stuff. And it's like, but you didn't need to. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't need to earn but it. But I felt yeah. that. I'm not saying as well like reality TV stars don't get taken seriously. But what. I was projecting, so it was me who thought people weren't going to take me seriously. Okay. It was in my own head. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily that they thought that, but I had kind of, I was just overthinking and I was in my own head, but I was so willing to get up on stage and show people 
you know, Love Island doesn't define who I am as a person. It doesn't define anyone who they are as a person. No. No. It's a choice they made in life. So you still watch it as like a fan? I did watch it in the in the lockdown, yeah. Because yeah. I'm over it now. Yeah. I've got my own thing yeah. now. Yeah. And I'm comfortable. And your own thing is very cool. And I want to come and see if your any own dates thing. are added ba- back. Yeah, if they there are. If any dates added, we want to come. <laughs> I want to come again. Yeah, come. Dave, dismal Dave, Alex's husband, I saw him this morning and he was like, it was so good. I was like, that is a surprise. Great fun. Yeah, I, I did. he did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. He did. <laughs> I was saying to my dad, like, because my dad's going to come and see it, and I was telling him what to expect, and he was like, oh, I might book the Thursday as well. I was like, <laughs> No! <laughs> Don't. As soon as I mentioned, just mentioned the nipple tassels, I was oh like, God. oh, I might come on the Thursday. No, 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 no. Chaos. 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 Oh, yeah, good I luck wouldn't with even it. know where to start with a nipple tassel. <laughs> <laughs> <Same. laughs> um, good luck with it all. Thank and you. And we can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you. I'll and keep you updated. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know why I went so high at the end there. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Right, kicking, kicking off. Is it just me? Is just it me. just me? Did we make that into a just it's what? A, no. Did we? Fine, come on, then. Go on, do it properly. No, you go. I know you want no, to. you go. No. Oh, fuck off. Is you go. it just me? Oh, you're such a dick. <laughs> okay, my goodness. I look forward to recording this segment so much. I love the Is It Just Me segment. Right, I'm just going to kick us off with a story here. Okay. Um, and only only because it leads on to something which I think is a fun fact that I think all the listeners deserve to know. I also like this because this email came from somebody who said, hello, uh, Alex, Em and Daisy. Yes. I think it's about right that Daisy gets recognised. Because she has to listen to so much of our shit. Um, Amy so, read this email. She was the one that sent it to us and she was like, I almost didn't send this because where where is my mention to? Yeah, Amy runs the Insta and um, sends forwards us emails because because otherwise we'd both be seeing all the hot stuff. So basically the first time we see it, it's the first time you yeah. see it for the podcast. But Al, I've got a story. Did she read you the story out? Do you know? No, I don't. She says, I better say up front how much I love the podcast. Oof. Don't want to get minorly bullied, lol. <laughs> <laughs> Good, we're putting the fear of death into you all. Uh, you both have such great balance of being fun and like, hard oh, to managing to talk about such important topics. I could listen to you both oh. all day. Well, that's just as well, because it's a fucking long episode. Oh, oh I really like you. Thank you. <laughs> Same. So, um... On your podcast with Natalie Lee, you told the story at the end about how a dog licked a person's leg during sex with her partner. I thought I just had to write in with my dog-related sex story. Not a great <laughs> thing to say, really, is it? When I first got with my partner, he said that his mum's, they have a shih tzu. The wee dog is adorable, but incredibly needy. When my partner and I would lie facing each other in bed, he would come over and wedge himself in between our faces. No boundaries, no fucks given. Just like Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so one day every other human was out the house my partner and I started initiating sex I always love when someone's just initiating I'm like ooh how does that go Uh, we had shut the dog out of the room time goes by and I'm saying this to set the scene we were both fully naked in the missionary position the dog suddenly bursts through the door after surveying the scene he decides to hop up onto the bed and jump onto my partner's back yes whilst he's still inside me the dog completely peacefully just lies down on top of him my partner and I froze it was as if the dog was riding along with us I could see his little face peeping over my partner's shoulder honestly I think he just happy to be involved mortifying of course we immediately stopped and my partner had to shake him off certainly 
sexual experience I was expecting and safe to say the mood was killed after that. But I had to tell you that, first of all, because hilarious. Second of all, I have a fun fact to tell you. Did you know that when frogs fuck, the man gets on the woman and she has to carry him around for fucking days no. while he has sex with her? She used to go to work, pick the kids up, cook dinner, the whole shebang while he's on her back, just no. pumping away. Goes on for days. Oh my, they must be so tired frogs need feminism it's unbelievable it's like the poor things carrying them around poor things god nature can be so cruel only to women funnily enough yeah only to women it's like when foxes have sex don't they don't doesn't the male fox like huck in his penis is like a hook that's what dogs do so dogs, dogs go in and then they go round so if you've ca- dogs can lock in, so the man gets on, the, the 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 male gets on, and then he sort of like turns. And I only know this because two of our dogs, Dodger, rest in peace, and yeah. Echo, still going strong, uh, Dodger mounted Echo, and they got. St- oh, have I never told you this story? This is a really no. bad story. Right, no. buckle in. Oh, the year was two thousand and eight. It actually coincides with something I've told you before. It was one of the worst days of my life, if I'm perfectly honest with you, because we got home from our holiday, family holiday that morning. And I left my suit. You know when you do that thing when you get home from your holiday and you empty your suitcase on the floor so you can do all the washing? So I emptied my suitcase, put all the washing in the wash. And when I came back through, Didier, our little Scottish terrier, had eaten a tray of my birth control pills. So I had to ring the vets in the morning and I was like, hiya, it's me. Like, so sorry. My dog's eating the birth control pills. Is he going to be okay? They were like, yeah, he'll grow tits. No, I'm joking. Um, they were like, yeah, yeah, he'll be fine. Like, he'll be fine. Keep an eye on him. So I made that call, which was kind of embarrassing as it was because I was like 17 and I didn't want to, or maybe I was like 20. Anyway, you know what? You, you know what it's like. I didn't want to tell the world that I was having yeah. intercourse, but I did. Um, <laughs> so, um, so's the dog. Anyway, and then later that day we watched a movie and then we just like, we're like, where are the dogs? Like Dodger and Echo are missing. So we we went outside and Dodger had mounted Echo, done the lock thing. So they were kind of, I'll show you a photo. They were like butt to butt, but his willy was inside her. I don't know how that happened, but they were butt to butt and they were stuck. And when I tell you, they looked at us with the most awkward expression you've ever seen. And we were like, oh my God, what do you do? So we're Googling it, like, what do you do? What do you do? And it was like, you just have to leave it. They'll get out of it eventually. So it was like this horrendous thing where we were just watching them and they were watching us watching them and they were stuck and it was horrific. He didn't even oh have any God. testicles. I don't know what he thought he was doing. Anyway, eventually they disconnect. Dodger comes back in, but all is not well, Alex, because we realise, I can't believe I'm telling this story, Dodger's foreskin, I don't know if you've ever looked at no. a dog's foreskin, but it's no. furry, no. had no. rolled itself back in so i'm like oh my god this is a disaster poor dodger he's in pain his fucking foreskin's all fluffy and rolled back in again so i ran (laughs) back in and i picked up the phone and i clicked redial on the home phone because i was like i'm gonna call back the vets no one else has made any calls today i'm gonna ring the vets and say help the dog's foreskin's all funky what do i do so i rang the vets and I did not give them a pause. I did not pause to listen. I just went, hiya, I'm so sorry. It's me again. I rang earlier because my dog ate the birth control pills. I don't know if you remember me. But anyway, um, now two of our dogs, different dogs, have just been having sex and they got stuck having sex. Anyway, they're dislodged, but now one of them, their foreskin's like rolled back in and it's all kind of like stuck and we just don't know what to do. And the guy on the end of the phone was like, okay, so I would love to help you, but you've got through to the Honda dealership and I think you might be trying to talk to the vet. <laughs> 
Wi-Fi. I had to hang up. Then I had to ring back, do the same thing again to the actual vet, who then gave a step-by-step guide, a tutorial for what my mum had to do. And it included a glove, some Vaseline. No! And a hand job. No, I mean, basically, it wasn't great. She made Alex be there with her. She was like, you've got one of these. He was like, not a furry one. (laughs) You've got one of these? (laughs) Oh, like, that's never happened to me. No. Yeah, didn't know how we got so onto that, disturbed. but there's a story. I know it was huge. I'll find you the photo. It was huge. Not the willy. But the, so um, is that why he, he, is that why they were stuck? I think, because yeah, it had... I think he'd got a bit, yeah, bit, bit, bit bundled. I feel traumatised. Yeah, Paul Dodger, man. Oh my God. I feel like that's the doggy equivalent of snapping your bango. Bongo. Bango. Yeah. What's the one? Banjo, I think. Banjo. (laughs) Snapping your bongo. (laughs) Hate it when you snap your bongo. (laughs) We call um, our little uh, Romanian rescue Bisto. We call him Bisto Bongo. I think we'll sing to that. Um, I need to see a picture of dogs having sex backwards. I don't understand. Right, I'll, okay, I'll show you. I'll give you a little treat later. I'll show you when we're out and then I might put it on my Instagram if I don't want. And I'll probably get done for bestiality or something if I put that on Instagram. Yeah, the rest of, if you're breeding, rest assured that the back-to-back stage of mating is completely natural. What? I no, know. this has blown my mind. Do you want anything else for me? Okay, so I've got an Is It Just Me? Um, hey, I just wanted to say, Alex, M, and Daisy. Oh, that's sweet. You're amazing. People need to include Amy now. She's going to get so upset. Um, I love the podcast. Thank you. I've only got one episode to listen to now, which is both exciting and sad. I do have an Is It Just Me? I really struggle with body positivity in relation to myself. I'm not happy with my body because I know that I'm much heavier than I ought to be. I had surgery for endometriosis in October. After two years of continuous back pain, I took max dosage cocodamol or tramadol every day for a year and went from gymming four times a week to struggling to walk around the supermarket with a basket because it made my already incredibly sore back so much sorer. GP was abysmal, told me it wasn't endometriosis and I should think about different contraception. Then when I said I don't want children, I'm 37, he said, what if your partner wants them? Pushed and got my gynecology referral after I put in a formal complaint. Had the surgery 18 months after the initial referral, was told I was fat just as I came round from my first ever general anaesthetic. Now I'm waiting for my follow-up appointment to discuss the sciatic pain I'm still experiencing. Really long story. Now I'm aiming for 10k steps to get my fitness back up, but I find it hard to not hate my body because it isn't where it was and can't do what it did, which is so at odds with my view of loving your body and not being dictated to by society. Is it just me that feels like shit about themselves but still preaches body positivity? Can I say something on that? Yeah. These feelings are really valid because not only are you mourning what, you look like which is a societal conditioning which is still really hard to um just like fight against but you're also mourning what your body could do and like having I experienced something like this myself with my face last year like with my jaw operation I really struggled because I was the fittest I had ever been literally a week before my operation I went from such a high to such a low and it was and and it's really hard mentally even though I knew I had to recover. I knew I could get my strength back one day. I knew I knew everything rationally. It's still the easiest way of retaliating to take it out on your body because that's the thing that's there and that's the physical manifestation of your ill health. So for me, when I saw my muscles disappearing and when I saw like my stomach softening or like basically I saw myself gaining weight, 
that for me was physical evidence of of my failure of my body's failure to look after me as the way I wanted it to and that's why I got angry with my body so I completely understand this but I think you have to wherever possible you have to remove your body from your thought process like I think they're two separate things and the really important thing is focusing on uh, yes it's completely okay to mourn what your body couldn't do and and you can sit in that space for as long as you want to but I think the most positive thing to do is remove stop beating yourself up for the body side of things because it's natural but you can two things are true at once and you can have body confidence and still be angry with your body but I think you don't need to sit in the space of of all the things you could do because coulda shoulda woulda or whatever you know hindsight all of that shit it's just not for me I never found it a positive space I don't like looking back and be like oh my god how great was my life when I was this this and this because the fact is I'm not that anymore so I like like you've got like with your 10k steps a day like I love that chat I do that like I'm like I want to go for my walk every day and we'll go from there. And then you just do little and often focusing on what you can do. And I'm, and, I, and you also have the added thing of the, the GPs and everything treating you like shit. And I'm really, really sorry for that. But I think proactively accept that your body is doing its absolute best to look after you now. Like you've had a really hard time and it needs your love. And mentally you have to keep reminding you. You, you basically, you need to bring your head you need your head to rally around your body right now because your body's going through hell. So you need your head to be its best friend and to be its biggest cheerleader. And it's and 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 if your your head's picking apart your body, it's going to be so much harder for your body to get better. So basically, I'm thinking let's get you a couple of pom poms, like heads up yeah. there. Whoop whoop! Like you're coming back. You go for your little walks. You're going to do what makes you feel good. And like we're all on board. Yeah. We're operation. Like let's get better. Let's fuck these like shitty fat phobic doctors. Like let's just like look forward to the future and be like gas let's have fun that's what i'd say pick up the totally. that's what i've been doing so, so two things i feel like i need to like write lists of what i need to say so i can remember stuff but two things i think it's really good to like lean uh, like explore that i'm not gonna say grief you feel around your body but like I feel like for me, what I experienced was grieving my former body, my thinner body. I feel like I really experienced a grief around it. And, but what I did was I tried not to, I tried to push it away and I tried not to feel it. And I think that was detrimental for me in the long run. So I do think it's good to like explore it and like sit with it and also know that it's okay to feel like that. You don't have to, you don't have to beat yourself up for feeling bad that you feel bad you're allowed to feel bad and you're allowed to sit with it and that's okay. But also like, and I think, cause I've got like a, I'm very like all or nothing mentality. And when I felt like that, when I felt really bad, I just assumed that that was how I was gonna feel forever. But I think it's okay to know that you feel bad now, but that's not gonna be forever. And that you're taking like positive steps. Like you've got your, your 10K steps. And that's not like, I'm not saying, oh, so you're gonna lose weight, but it's just like nurturing, like fostering a more positive, um, relationship with your body because when your body starts to do when you when it starts to recover and you're able to gain back some of that routine like that's going to make you feel better in your body and it, more comfortable in your own skin so I think yeah just be like Em said super kind to yourself like easier said than done I know but try and draw on and think about it this way like if this was someone else coming to you like your mum or your sister or your friend coming to you in exactly the same position like what would you tell her 
Like, how would you react to her? Like, would you say, oh, well, you know, you should feel bad about your body or you are, you are fat or whatever? Or would you say you need to be really kind to yourself? You've been through a lot and now it's time to look after yourself and nurture yourself back to a really good place, both physically and mentally. And it's not the worst thing in the world. Like, I think that's... And when you've got your doctors saying it to you and when you've grown up in a society that's like complete like basically just rife with fat phobia it's like it's just it's the biggest fear in the world and it feels like you are failing or whatever doing whatever it is women are supposed to do and how they're supposed to look and it's like do we change we change and this is a physical reaction to something that you are going through this is how you are reacting to it and in the same way that we always say there's no such i don't think there's such a thing as an overreaction like if for your men for your body or for your mind i think that's how how you react is completely fair and you have to extend that to your body this is how your body's reacting and if this is where it's meant to be this is where it's meant to be and if this is where it's meant to be right now but not forever then that's okay and i think leaning rather than trying to fight it all the time because all you're doing is fighting yourself it's just like lean into it and just like this is where i am and i'm gonna make the best of it and in spite of that I'm still going to be happy because I'm allowed to be and fighting your reality is so painful (laughs) because it is your reality it's your reality and that you you are where you are and that's that and I think if like the the sooner you accept that like the the much like everything's just going to come much easier and much better from there okay so I have I've got an embarrassing story Uh, hi guys love the podcast girls you're killing it they get better week by week which is nice to hear because we always think they're getting getting progressively worse (laughs) 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 we haven't actually talked about poo yet this episode which would be so it would be remiss of us very remiss of us not to not to you know acknowledge poo at some point can I just acknowledge something quickly before we go go on I don't know ah it's embarrassing because I use the word all the time I don't know what the word remiss means (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you do. You use it all the time. I know, but not confidently. Every time I use it, I do that pause afterwards to see if I've used it right. To see, because my mum always does it if I use a word wrong. She's like, yeah, yeah, wait, what? So I always wait for the like, wait, what? But it never comes. So I, I feel like I'm using it right, but I have no confidence. You always use it right. Like I would be, it would be wrong not to mention. Like it would be bad, it would be uh, not right of me not to mention. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just checking. <laughs> love it. <laughs> I'm so smart. <laughs> I love your confidence. Um, okay, I have a really embarrassing poo story that literally only happened yesterday, and I still feel so much shame in capitals. I don't even know why I'm telling you, honestly, but here goes. So I'd stopped off at Weatherspoons with my baby for some breakfast as I was starving, and you can't beat a cheap breakfast. When I I'd finished, I really needed a poo. I knew I couldn't. I definitely couldn't wait until I got home. So I just thought, well, I'll just quickly go here now. I went and did the business, washed my hands, and when I turned, oh my god, I feel a bit sick. <laughs> oh god, no. And when I turned around, the to- and this is all in capitals from now on, okay? So imagine it, shouting, right? The toilet was blocked, the water was rising, and my gigantic poo was just floating around like, hello. Hello. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. So thought I'd just wait until the water went down and flush again. But it didn't go down. And this is where it gets really bad. Uh, I can't. Uh, oh. I, have a fe- I have a theory. I have a theory. Because I know what I'd have done. You've got a baby. It's an alibi. I'd have picked that poop up, shoved it in a nappy and run. Is that what happened? No. Oh, no. Well, that would have been a good idea. Uh, shameful, <laughs> but brilliant. Painful. And shameful. Oh, this is where it gets really bad. 
I saw a toilet brush and thought maybe if I just poke it down, it'll fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I don't want to go into too much graphic detail, but but she's going to. All that <laughs> happened was the poo broke up and got stuck in the bristles of the brush yep. and the toilet paper got all caught on the brush. And I was trying, I was trying to swill it off, but it was just making it worse. <sighs> I then had the problem of what to do with the brush. So I just had to put it back. I had no choice but to just leave it. And I felt so shameful and disgusting. And they would have definitely known it was me because one of the workers saw me go into the baby changing toilets and the place was completely dead. I can never go there again. No, I told my boyfriend that night in fits of laughter, but really, I really wanted to cry. I feel yeah. so bad for whoever had to clean up in there. And I feel yeah. extra bad knowing the horror they will find when they go to use the toilet brush. Oh, Yeah, you're going to have to have very expensive breakfast from now on. <laughs> spoons is out. And it spoons takes a lot. Out. It takes a lot to be outed from Spoons, but it's happened. Can I just say something? Who the fuck designed the toilet brush? It is, without a doubt, the stupidest invention. Now, I'm going to follow this up by saying I have a silicon loo brush that's fucking genius. Because shit doesn't stick to silicon. So you can clean the sides, but it just, you know, brrr away. Whereas with the bristles, it, how do you clean a loo brush? Like, I, I've never known. Do you just flush so, and for the best? This is interesting because my mum, like, has never believed in toilet brushes, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, they are disgusting. They're they absolutely are. vile. Little clumps of poo Rank. just sit in a, uh, in a stale bowl of it. wheat next to the loo. I've never understood it. I'm with Nora on this one. Why? Excuse me. Oh! <laughs> Like gag burp. <laughs> You're a disgrace. Um, Sorry, oh, Daisy. You cannot remove this. I need people to know oh. what I have to deal with. Um, yeah, I, I'm with Norma. That doesn't make any sense. You just little shit brush sits yes. in a bowl of shit wee by the loo indefinitely. Who cleans it? Nobody knows. So but. you just keep using shit to clean up more shit. And then you collect all the yeah. shit. All, everybody's shit just sits next to the shitter. Oh, Ooh. and there was always one in the office at work and I just couldn't look at it because it just made me feel sick. But I've never had an issue where I've needed to use a toilet brush until I met Dave. Oh no, you're putting Dave on blast. You've got skinners. I'm putting Dave on blast. Honestly, like the first time I was horrified, I was like, get back in that toilet right now. Wait, and clean you up your mess. Never, when you poo, you just, you just have like, like evidenceless poos, they just just out. You've never needed yeah. a loo brush. You've no. never needed a loo brush. No, never. The, the thing, the, the thing is, is loo brushes have done so well despite their faulty design because they are incredibly necessary. Like they're the best of a bad. You know what I mean? Like we need them. We don't love them, but we need. It's like petrol. Like we have to use it because there's fuck all else going. You know what I mean? We've got to use yeah. a toilet brush because what else are we gonna do? Silicon is the answer. Just like electric cars. You know, there's good metaphors here, but. I understand for a long time why we've had to use the bad system. I can't believe you've never needed it. Well, like, no, but if I do, like, but actually this is, this is bad for the environment. But like, I just use a bit of toilet paper. That's not bad for the environment. I thought you were going to say it's covered in bleach. Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, that's fine. But so you put your hand in the loo bowl, you scrub your little shit away. No, because it's never like, it's never like fully in the loo bowl, is it? It's all, you know, it's (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) 
washing my hands in there as well. <laughs> oh, doing oh, the dishes. Fucking uh, gross. Gross. Um, gross. But I didn't know about a silicone new brush because I'm going to get one because that's a game Dave. changer. Yeah, that's on, we've got them here. They're really good because yes, yeah, so the shit doesn't stick. So you use it and then you flush it, like you know, you flush ah, with the brush. So it just like gives it a little. Good. Yeah, that's and then it's good. just yeah, stunning. How did no one think of that sooner? Well, I don't know when silicone was invented because I realised that plastic was only invented in the fucking eighties, which is insane oh. to me. No. Yes. Hey Siri, when was plastic invented? Plastic was formed in 1907. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 Siri. On putting, putting you to shame. <laughs> did you did you know plastic was only invented like twenty years ago? <laughs> I meant it in the context of food packaging, and that was the eighties. Wait, hey Siri, <laughs> when did plastic start being used for food packaging? Okay, I found this on the web for when did plastic start being used for food packaging. Check it out. I don't want to talk about it, okay? I don't want to talk about it. Fuck it. Forget it. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Bye. Bye. Because, you know, plastic was only, like, invented in the 80s. Plastic was invented in 1907. (laughs) Literally ah. the 19th century, nearly. Ah. <laughs> right. That's it. I'm done. It's over. You're uninvited from the hen. All of this is not happening. I, I'm uninvited from the hen. I'm embarrassed. I, have to, I can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> You're going to realise every fact I've told you over the last four months. Shit. Shit. <laughs> Absolute bollocks. <laughs> fucking Siri it was the fact that he read it out as well oh <laughs> okay right I've got to go I've got to go yes. I've, got to, I've got to put some clothes on I'm still not dressed I look we've got a head to go dry to go my to. hair got to pack my little bag do some feel good Fridays and we are out of here so hen do hen do hen do hen do hen oh I'll tell you what's sad is that men get to be stuck 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 and then women have to be like cluck 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 but I know, oh well. I, know. I know I know I know Fuck it, we won't, that, but... we won't be behaving like chickens, we'll be behaving like stags. Right, we're going to go humping. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> we are not laying eggs this weekend, guys. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting humpy. That's it, we're going to get our little horns out. <laughs> <laughs> Watch me go. <laughs> Just Alex laying an egg. <laughs> anyway, make this anyway. end, Alex. End make this. this end. Thank end you all so, so, so much. So much for listening. Um, oh, I forgot to say, please, if you have any, is it just me's or embarrassing stories, please um, write in because we'd love to read them out and talk about them. The email address is should I delete that pod at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you and we will see you next week. Love you. Bye. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.